that is in love with learning about love and commitment culture. Yes, hello. Thank you for coming back or just joining us, I Yeah, guess. welcome to whoever you are <laughs> and whatever point in this journey you're at. I'm Molly Kiernan. And I'm Meg Joe, And this is episode two. Here we are. We're so excited to be back and have you back. Let's, you know, start things off, Meg, with a little housekeeping. Okay, let's see. Oh, this week's Love Friday. Every week we post on our instagram a love friday it's just a way for us to you know create awareness for causes that we have found that we care about and maybe you will too and it's just putting it out there we offer ways that you can help so this week is black art futures fund they are a collective of philanthropists that promote the elevation and preservation of black arts and culture um they do that through things like grant making and board matching their whole goal is just to amplify black artists and black art and basically they help support small nonprofits that teach and preserve that art that's right they're a wonderful organization and you can follow them on their instagram for updates at black art futures fund mm-hmm. or you can visit their website to give a one-time or recurring donation and to check out the organizations near you that they have supported yeah all right cool that's love friday and i just wanted to do something else in housekeeping this week i feel like last week in our first episode we didn't really dive into information about ourselves. Sure. And and that wasn't because we were nervous in any way, shape, or form. Or it's speeding just... through the episode no, in any way. No, it's just because we <laughs> loved our topic and wanted to get right to it. I mean, that's true. <laughs> we were excited. I'm also really excited about today. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it was worth saying that, you know, we mentioned we're both comedians. We're writers. Molly works on a TV show right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we both are reductress contributors now. Molly has one for quite some time. It's new for me. Um, reductress is great. Yeah, follow reductress. And also, I used to work in the wedding industry. Yes, that's a very important thing to know about Meg because she has some insight that I do not on this whole sure. world. Yeah, it's it's a past life of mine, I guess you could <laughs> say. Um, I was a wedding planner and then I owned my own floral company that was pretty successful until I found comedy and decided that that is what I was going to be doing. So I have a lot of experience with weddings and I'm, you know, experience as a comedian. So this is those things coming together for me. Yeah. And as I said before, I'm obsessed with reality dating shows. So that's where my experience with love comes from. (laughs) She is that and that only. (laughs) Um, But I, I too am a comedian, obviously. But, you know, the things that are kind of important to us for me, I do eventually want to get married. So it's mm-hmm. a topic I'm very interested in. Committing to our relationships, including our, our friendship, is very important to both of us. I know I've learned a lot from my past relationships, and I think it's very important to bring that awareness into current relationships. So yeah. I think that's those are things we'll be talking about this whole time. Yeah, and that reminds me, another thing that... Um, I have some fun experience in is going through a divorce. We were waiting for it to come, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, my divorce went through a few years ago, and my life is very different now, so that's something that will probably come through in a lot of the topics that we discuss. I would imagine. And just other things that are important to us individually. 
I was adopted. That's very important to me. And mm, I'm sure we'll do yes. episodes on that. That is about love. I am very pro platonic love. I think it's something that's important that a lot of people are afraid of or yes. there's a lot of stigma to. Um, and we're both very pro therapy. We love therapy. Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't forget that I love reality dating shows. <laughs> Okay. The most important thing about Molly Kieran to know is she loves reality dating shows. I can't stop. I've been buying all the um oh, well because no. I've like well, I've cruised through all the Bachelor and Bachelorettes that are oh, free no. on Hulu and Netflix, so I've been buying them on Amazon, which is probably not a great idea, but it's keeping me sane. Sure, whatever it takes right now. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then something else I forgot last week that I really wanted to shout out is. Our intro song is dope as hell. We love it. It's so I love good. it. It sounds like a real song, and I, it gets stuck in my head all the time. And that was created by Corey Webster, my um, wonderful boyfriend. And the woman singing on it, her name is Pearl Botts. And honestly, follow her everywhere. She has an album called Potential. It's amazing. She's amazing. She's blowing up. So just, you know, find her now. Yeah, yeah. Follow them both. Follow Pearl. Follow Corey. You know, they're great people. <laughs> and as a reminder, on this podcast, we're going to cover tons of love-related topics about uh, love and commitment culture, the wedding industry, love crimes, dating, heartbreak. We're really going to run the gamut. So mm-hmm. as you'll see in this episode, our, our topics vary widely. So last week we did Love at First Sight. Be sure to listen to that episode. Um, today we're going to do a totally different topic that we're really excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really different than Love at First Sight, but I think it's, I found it very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and then as long as we're doing housekeeping, I might as well say follow us on Instagram and Twitter. On our Instagram especially, we include photos that are referenced in the episode. So last week we had some of those. We included Helen Fisher and... Shout out. What else did I... Oh, you had a picture of an eye that someone did text me and say was scary. Oh, no. Just FYI. (laughs) Okay, well, follow at your own risk. We love constructive criticism here (laughs) at the pod. Yeah, and you can give it on social media. (laughs) Um, But let's get into our first topic, why don't we? Uh, Our first segment, rather. Love in the news. Love in the news. Um, I will will start. I'll jump into a story, and then you can jump in after Meg. Um, The wait is over, ladies and gentlemen. You can now use the... uh, This sounds like a commercial. You can now use the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile to propose. Recently, Oscar Mayer announced that you can request that their big hot dog vehicle show up at the site of your proposal and be in the background. So some good Instagram opportunities there. And guess what, baby? It's free. Now, you should request, three, they're not our sponsor, but they should be. <laughs> now, you should request three to 12 months in advance, um, but uh, you can have this free of charge, which is pretty cool, if that's something that both you and your fiancé are into. A side note, you can also rent out the Wienermobile to stay on Airbnb. Honeymoon, perhaps? Oh, my God. Wait. Okay, so, okay I have questions. First of all, three yeah. to 12 months is a really big time span, so. Yeah, well, that's what the website said. Okay. Um, Airbnb, <laughs> does it have, what? Does it have a bed in the in yeah, the Yeah, yeah. So I assume there's different wiener mobiles, right? There has to be. So the Airbnb what? one. <laughs> That's sort of heartbreaking to me. I don't know why. It's got to be. There's got to be multiple. Yeah. Meg, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but this is a big company. It's Oscar <laughs> Mayer. Fine. They can't have one wiener mobile. That does make sense. If someone wants to correct me on that, hit us up on social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if oh, we should we should stay on it. <laughs> Yeah, right? we should stay on it. It has nothing to do with the podcast if one of us doesn't propose, but... 
Yeah, I'd love to stay there. We should but find maybe out. also we could stay in a nicer <laughs> place. I don't well, know. Well, we can't stay anywhere right now, so. True. Uh, why don't you get into one of your stories, Meg? Okay, sure. I'm actually going to bring back one from last week. Ooh, okay. I love this. I feel like people liked the Love Has Won mm-hmm. update. Love and Has Won is, is the cult, right? Yeah, so I wanted to give an update about that cult. Last week, my news was that this Colorado-based cult that claims it is, of course, a religion and not a cult had relocated a portion of their followers, including its two leaders, Mother and Father God, to the island of Kauai. Hold on, there's a father god? Yeah, actually, I realized this in my research this week. Okay, great. So there, okay. there are two of them. She oh. started it, but he is, like, her number one. Okay, which is kind of reverse of a lot of cults. A lot of times a cult is, you know, run by a man who has, like, a, a woman, a second-in-command Yeah, woman. let me say, you know, I'm pro-God as a woman, but not this woman. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. You're fine. <laughs> um, okay, and so the residents of Kauai were protesting their presence outside of their estate on the beach, like right. I said. So the update is that the cult has been escorted off the island and back to Colorado, but with drama first. It started when the mayor of Kauai, which I didn't know that... I don't know why I didn't think about this, but there's just mayors of each of the islands. Oh, okay. Interesting. I didn't know that either. Um, at least Kauai and Maui, I read. Okay. But he met with Love Has One and told them that they definitely wouldn't be accepted into any neighborhood on Kauai. Fair. And he invited them to leave. And basically, they eventually decided to do so, but that was after Mother God had gone on the balcony and yelled at the protesters, I'm Pele, bitch, and fuck you, horse. Whoa. Yeah, and Pele is the goddess of volcanoes and fire and the creator of the Hawaiian Islands. So, so pretty bold claim to make. Yeah, <laughs> locals weren't excited about yeah. it. Yeah. But this woman also claims to be Jesus and Marilyn Monroe, so that's what we're working with. Okay. Anyway, the cult agreed to leave the island. And the police escorted them from the estate to the airport as well as from a nearby hotel that some of them were at because, I guess, in order to stay in Hawaii right now, you have to quarantine for 14 days there before you can go anywhere else. Right, okay. But even though they were supposed to leave the islands altogether, it seemed like they concocted some sort of plan to meet on Maui instead. Of course they did. But then the Maui officials and mayor discovered this and found out they weren't going to properly quarantine, so they were Mm -hmm. like, "Uh uh-uh, back to the mainland, and so they left. I gotta say, after, like, digging into this cult, it makes me really curious about this sort of false love that I might keep updating us on on this cult. Because this woman has followers and says she is pro-love, but I've seen weird videos of her full of hate, Well, people who, who you know, are really practicing love, don't yell, I'm Pele, bitch, and fuck you whores. Right. You know, so, yeah, I think that's kind of interesting, the use of love as a weapon almost, right? Oh, for sure, that's what it is. Yeah. Please keep us updated on this. It's wild. I'd love for you to read more letters. If you didn't listen to last episode, it's worth it just for Meg reading a letter (laughs) in character as Mother God. Um, But I'm going to get into my my other love in the news story. Uh, uh, So this doesn't necessarily have to directly do with love when you first hear it, but when it did happen, some people did love it. So uh, um, uh, Chris Evans, uh, recently you may have heard, may have accidentally posted a picture of his uh, junk. No. Yes. So he uploaded a screen-recorded video of him and his friends doing something. But, but since it was like a screen record at the very end, his camera roll showed and there was a picture, a black oh. and white picture of a penis um, that fans are assuming is black his. Black and white. Black and white. You know, but you know, I'm not here to judge. I don't know We've why. We've all taken weird pictures. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, of course. So, sure. Absolutely. But, but one thing that was 
yeah, it's black and white, interesting filter. I don't filter. know why that made me laugh. He was like, no, I'm going to make it pensive. Yeah, why not, you know? Um, sure. But it's like, I'm Chris Evans. Yeah, I don't. you don't really have to. You don't have to edit your photos. Right. Um, now, this picture has since been deleted, but I kind of like the way fans responded, Meg, which doesn't normally happen. Instead of being like, let's send this pic all over the place, they decided to show their support for him because he's been open about he struggles with anxiety. Mm. So Chris Evans fans were kind of like, well, he's struggling right now, probably, because this was obviously an accident because he mm. deleted it. So they showed their support for Evans by flooding the Chris Evans hashtag with wholesome pictures, like, of puppies and stuff. Aww. Yeah, so that's that's pretty nice. Um, a, a, you know, a nice attempt to protect his privacy. I For love sure. that. But what I yeah. love even more is something important that a Twitter user Priya pointed out. Her handle is Priara Mesh with three H's at the end. She kind of said in a statement on Twitter, uh, this is a summary, she basically said, hey, this is great, but when this happens to women, like Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. why aren't we not giving them the same respect? That's what um, I was going to say. And other people, yes, exactly. A lot of other people have been kind of jumping on that. Um, and, and I thought that's kind of a nice reminder that we can share love all around and, and respect people's privacy, uh, not just certain people's privacy. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's going to come up. I mean, I know that's going to come up later in this topic. Absolutely. Today. Okay. My final news story is very quick and very happy and I love it. In a new study conducted by Canine Cottages, uh, they Aww. outfitted, yeah, cute name already. They outfitted uh, dogs with special heart rate tracking collars for seven days in order to see what got them excited while interacting with their owners. And they found that the average heart rate for a dog is 67 beats per minute, but that when <gasps> a dog's owner told them that they loved them, their heart rate would skyrocket 46% to That's 98 so... BPM. That's so sweet. I know. They also found that cuddling their owners lowers their heart rate because they feel so safe. Oh, okay. That's lovely. <laughs> I know. And I love dogs more than anything. So oh, yeah. My okay. favorite. That's a nice heartwarming story to lead us into today's episode, which does have to do with murder. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. That was a little... Um, Palette cleanser, cleanser at yeah. the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. A palate cleanser at the wrong time. <laughs> We're so good at this. Getting the sherbet before the meal. Mm. Yes. You know, we all love sherbet. Love it. So what is our topic today, Meg? Our topic today is Amanda Knox's crowdfunded wedding. Ah. Yeah. And I just want to say before we start, because we've all, not all, many of us have heard a lot about Amanda Knox. Mm -hmm. Some of us followed the trial when it was happening, or multiple trials. Yes. But we want to be clear that while this isn't a, really a true crime podcast, we are going to look back at Amanda's life and why she's a public figure in the first place. And it isn't really meant to be a discussion on if she's guilty or not. Right. We're not one the ones to make that call. Right. And while we are, of course, going to give our opinions on things along the way, this episode is primarily meant to be about the debate that Amanda has sparked about if it's okay to crowdfund your wedding. Also, all of the details around her wedding are so fucking interesting that we think it will be worth the deep dive. Yeah, regardless of whether she's guilty of murder or not, she's a bizarre person, and she had a yeah. bizarre wedding. Yeah, and bizarre things have happened to her. Exactly. Okay, so I'll just give a little recap of Amanda Knox before we all met her in the news mm -hmm. as the news introduced us to her. Amanda Knox grew up in a middle-class neighborhood in Seattle, Washington. She has three younger sisters, and her mom was a math teacher. Her dad was a vice president of finance at the local Macy's. Mm. They divorced when Amanda was only a few years old. Um, and I know at least her mom remarried at some point. 
Um, I guess Amanda played soccer growing up. And I read something that said that that is where she first got the Foxy Noxy nickname. Oh, interesting. But as someone that played soccer for 22, three years of my life, I feel like that's not really a nickname you would get playing soccer. So maybe that's bull. I would assume that would be something that like her teammates would have just given her or that had nothing to do with soccer. Just yeah, her maybe. Name, a play on her yeah. name, maybe. Yeah, Who knows? Because she was being fun. And but but as, as we know, Foxy Noxy, that nickname was used in a, in a pretty negative way during her trial. Right. Okay, so she first went to Italy when she was 15, uh, when she visited Rome, Pisa, and the Amalfi Coast with her family. In 2005, she graduated from Seattle Preparatory High School, went to the University of Washington that fall, she planned to major in linguistics, um, and like you can see on the Netflix doc, she was a, quote, normal college student that apparently threw loud parties, was named to the dean's list, and worked a couple of jobs to pay for her tuition. And her friend said she was kind and a gentle individual. So, as a linguistic student, it made sense she wanted to study abroad, and she was 20 when she left Washington for Perugia, Italy, to spend a year at the University of Foreigners, which is real, even though it sounds like a bunch of raccoons inside of a cardboard cutout of a university. <laughs> what a specific uh, image that is. <laughs> it does. It sounds fake. Like, it's a trap. This is the University of Foreigners. Uh-huh. Foreigners, come here. But then you find raccoons in a box. <laughs> you get what I mean. Kind of. <laughs> like, like in a trench coat. Yeah, okay, okay. So you go to the university... The building's cardboard, and you walk in, and there's three raccoons in a trench coat. It's yeah. Mega saying Okay, it yes, like. it's a perfect joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do a quick recap of the Italy murder and trial, and this is going to be pretty brief because, again, we're not a true crime podcast, and you can find this information in a lot of different places. Everywhere. Everywhere. And you probably know a lot of it already. And in 2007, Meredith Kircher, a British exchange student studying in Italy, is discovered dead in the apartment she shared with Amanda Knox and two other roommates. Mm-hmm. Her throat was cut and she had been sexually assaulted. Yeah. Incredibly tragic. So, of course, Knox is involved, questioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Knox originally told the police that she had been at her boyfriend, uh, Raffaele Solicito's house. Uh, She discovered signs of the crime scene when she got home, but Meredith's door was locked. So once they discovered this and a smashed window in the room of one of their other roommates, they called the police. However, as many of us know, the story got much more complicated. When she was interrogated, Amanda's stories changed, and she said that she was in the apartment when the murder occurred. She also implicated Patrick Lumamba, the owner of a bar where she worked, but he was soon cleared. Mm -hmm. Knox then said the confession was not true, that it had been forced out of her under severe threat and harassment by the Italian police. Yeah, and false confessions are super common. Right. So she, she, you know, she said that she had been slapped, things like that. So, but at this point, she's already in jail awaiting trial, and she would remain in jail for about four years. There was another killer involved, uh, Rudy Guida, and he was pretty easily found definitively guilty. His DNA was all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but it was thought that uh, Knox and her boyfriend at the time were also involved. Yeah, because their DNA was around too, right? But yes. she lived there. Yeah, so it was tough. And I'll get into that a little, okay. a tiny bit. Um, but Knox and, and Solicito were charged, and in 2009, were both found guilty and sentenced to 20 years. But there were tons of complications in the mm-hmm. trial. So the prosecutor leading the case against them was corrupt and spread all of these crazy theories about Knox, like she was a demon and a sex fiend. Sure. And, you know, this is where she 
the nickname Foxy Noxy, wherever it came from, we don't know, was it was really used against her. And the yeah. British tabloids went wild with all of this because yeah. Kircher was um, a, a British student. The prosecution argued that this was all like part of a four-way sex game that they were involved in and that she was this, you know, sexual deviant murderer, which, again, the media loved, completely fueled that fire. Now, Solicito's DNA was found on Meredith's bra clasp and Meredith's DNA was found on the alleged murder weapon, a Mm -hmm. kitchen knife from Solicito's apartment. But during the couple's 2010 appeal, both of those were examined and it was concluded that they didn't provide enough evidence. Gotcha. So basically the original investigation was found to be botched so badly in so many different ways. This interrogation, the evidence, all this stuff, um, the way they investigated the crime scene in the first place, that both Knox and Solicito were acquitted in 2011. They were then reconvicted in 2014 after Knox was already back in the U.S., but that was also overturned. So legally, Knox innocent, but there's still all these questions around what actually happened because the investigation was so bad. Yeah, it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. In a media frenzy. Exactly. I feel like it was a big part of that late 90s to mid 2000s i want to say where people were just obsessed with white women crime in the news right definitely whether they were the victims like lacey peterson or not or Mm -hmm. accused people went crazy yeah and and you know because people talked about how knox had this innocent face you know and, and was this little pretty college student but then Behind the scenes, she's actually this crazy sex fiend. So that was a story that people loved. Yeah, and it's such bullshit, too, because these are individual cases. While so much bad shit is happening to so many people, especially not white people. Yeah, absolutely. That no one was, like, giving media attention to. Absolutely. Anyways, that makes me mad. Another thing that makes me mad, well, I want to talk about Meredith Kircher for just a moment. Honestly, she has nothing to do with this episode's topic at all, but this is our podcast, and I hate that victims usually don't get any time or attention in big cases like this, and most people forget their name altogether, so I'm doing it. There we go. (laughs) We can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. It's our podcast. Uh, Meredith Kircher grew up in the suburb of Colesden in the southern outer areas of London. She was the youngest of four kids. Uh, Shout out to being the youngest kid. Both of us. We're the best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with older brothers John and Lyle and her sister Stephanie. Beautiful Meredith was murdered in Perugia at just 21. Her friends called her Mez for short, which is really cute. Yeah. She wanted to study in Italy so badly, and her parents said she was super excited to learn language, meet new friends, and be immersed in a different culture. Heartbreakingly, I read that they had chosen Perugia for her over Milan or Roma because they thought it would be safer. Oh, that is so heartbreaking. Yeah. She was going to the University of Leeds, and had only been in Perugia for three months before she was murdered. Her Italian boyfriend said that she was calm, sweet, and shy. The whole ordeal and all of the trials were, of course, hellish for Meredith's family, and her sister said in 2015, I think we're still on a journey for the truth, and it may be the fact that we don't ever really know what happened that night, which is obviously something we'll have to come to terms with. Mm -hmm. And in the Netflix documentary, I learned that her mom asked the detective if she could give her a kiss when she saw her daughter's body, Wow. Which is, oh, wrecked me. Yeah. And, and it, the whole time, you know, she's surrounded by all this attention on Amanda Knox. And, right. Right. It, it's um, heartbreaking. Yeah. So no matter what happened that night in Perugia, Meredith Kircher was a sweet college student who clearly just wanted to grow and learn. And Meredith Kircher was mm-hmm. not given the chance to do so. And that's uh, that's a horrible tragedy. Absolutely. Okay. 
Thanks for letting me do that. <laughs> uh, she Always. seems like a very thank, beautiful person. Thank you for doing that. Um, so now to get us to the bulk of our topic today, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk about Amanda and what she's up to. Yeah, and then we're now, gonna get into this crowdfunded wedding. Yeah, business, which is which very is fun. Very interesting. Yeah. So I rewatched, like I said, the Netflix documentary on Amanda to prepare for this, and her opening line was really intriguing. She said, "There are those who believe in my innocence. There are those who believe in my guilt." There is no in-between. And if I am guilty, it means that I am the ultimate figure to fear because I am not the obvious one. But on the other hand, if I'm innocent, it means that everyone is vulnerable and that's everyone's nightmare. Either I'm a psychopath in sheep's clothing or I am you. And I think that's a very powerful statement made partly in response to having been hounded by paparazzi even until today. Absolutely. But Amanda has a lot of other things going on now. Yeah, um, she she moved on with her life in some ways, yeah. certainly. She was a reviewer and journalist for the West Side Seattle newspaper, which I actually looked up, and it's owned by her husband's family. Okay. Since publishing her book, Waiting to be Heard, in 2015, she's also had some other stuff published which mostly seems to be op-eds, but one thing is clear, her passion is in freeing the wrongfully accused. Okay, great. So she became the host of her show called The Scarlet Letter Reports in 2018 through Broadly on Facebook Live, which according to IMDb is still going, uh, but it's been a while, I think. I watched a few of these, and I really enjoyed them, actually. It's mostly just Amanda sitting on a couch with another woman who's been attacked by the media for her sexuality in the past. I watched one with Misha Barton and one with Amber Rose, and it's pretty empowering. One time I saw Misha Barton in a spin class. Whoa. Was she better than you? um, (laughs) Honestly, okay, she, I think she was okay, but she wasn't like amazing, which made me feel good. Yeah, actually, I wish, I, I mean, I am not someone who's ever willing to pay to exercise. Yeah. But. And I should be a person that's not willing because well, I, don't I don't have know. the money for it, but sometimes I do. I just don't do exercise. It. Okay. Fair. But uh, I wish I could do it <laughs> and then take it easy, but I feel like I'm so competitive with myself. Oh, you'd be a monster. Yeah. I would yeah, absolutely. Not be fun. There's no way. I'm not going to spin <laughs> class with you ever. Well, I'm not going to one. So okay, that's great. Forever. Good deal. <laughs> Um, okay, Amanda also has a podcast. Woo! Shout out! <laughs> Shout out to podcast. <laughs> Her podcast is called The Truth About True Crime. Uh, Sundance Now is the platform. Okay, um, great. Yeah, and I listened. I listened to an episode. It's a very scripted telling of true crime that is definitely told through the lens of how things go wrong during cases because the media wants to tell their own exciting story, mm-hmm. and law enforcement wants to find someone that will be guilty and then call it a day which we'll talk about more later, I think. But in June of 2019, she returned to Italy for the first time to speak on a panel called Trial by Media for the Innocence Project. Also, during all this research, I noticed that there's an album. This is really important, Molly. Okay, great. There's I'm listening. An, <laughs> there's an album on iTunes called Amanda Knox Rocks My World by, so- <laughs> by someone called Bart Funkass. And I just felt like that was a really important detail. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So look that up. And I, I do, I'm looking at Meg's notes, and um, rocks is spelled with an X. Yes, Amanda Knox, R-O-X, My World. Yes. By Bart Funkass. Did you listen to it? I did. It was not for me. Okay, all right. <laughs> not for everyone, but some of our listeners might like it. Yeah, it's all instrumental. Okay. Hey. Yeah. I won't like it either then. <laughs> I need lyrics. Okay, so so who is her fiancé? His name is Christopher yeah. Robinson, which is that a character from Winnie the Pooh? 
Christopher Robin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. No, but it does make me think of it every time. Yeah, every time. Uh, so he's a poet and novelist, and in 2015, he co-authored a novel called The War of Encyclopedists. Okay. I think that's how you say it. Encyclopedists? Sure. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's a book, and Amanda <laughs> reviewed it. Uh, now, Amanda was already engaged to a musician she had known since middle school named Colin Sutherland when she met Robinson, but they soon split. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so I couldn't find many details about their split, but it's kind of just interesting. She, she, and she says she had fallen in love twice when she got back from Italy. I wonder if it was love at first sight. Hey. Well... <laughs> Well, yeah, with Robinson. Yeah. Because Colin, she had known. But yeah, perhaps. So she actually met Robinson after that initial book review at at the book's launch. Mm. So he says he didn't really know who she was. He told people in an interview, quote, I knew about Italy and some legal stuff and something that shouldn't have happened. But I didn't really know her story. Interesting. Which is really interesting because then she, she kind of talked about how meeting him was really refreshing because she's so used to people judging. Oh, I bet. Right. So, I mean, I'm sure that was a big part of what kind of, like, attracted her to him. Even if she were my friend, I feel like at some point I'd be like, so, did did you Yeah, did so you what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. I, you'd have to. Yeah. You'd have, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, unless yeah. you just you know, believed her and, and didn't question it. Yeah. In which case, are you a good friend or are you naive? I don't know. Yeah. We're not, I, we're not making a call. If there was a story in the news like that about me, you'd, pro- you'd probably have to ask me, right? We would talk about it. I am sure that every relationship she has, no matter what the nature of it, it gets discussed because it's... Huge thing. It's huge. It's a huge thing. And murder is a big deal. Big freaking deal. So... A few days after this launch party where she met him, she interviewed Robinson and his co-author at Christopher Robinson's house, and then they watched Star Trek, uh, which is not really, you know, it's not really surprising given given further details you'll hear. But, yeah, so kind of what I said, she wasn't used to someone not judging her, and when she was leaving, I guess he shook her hand and said, we should be friends, and that for her was, like, a big deal because people don't normally say that to Amanda Knox. Instead, they're probably whispering about her behind her back. Or they're, like, being less formal about it, and she's probably really suspicious of why they want to be her friend. Yes, exactly, exactly. But he probably had a nice vibe and was like, let's be peers, kind of. Exactly. So so they soon started dating and got engaged in 2018 when Mm -hmm. Robinson put together an elaborate Mm -hmm. space-themed proposal, all of which you can watch on YouTube. Maybe we can link to that somewhere. I recommend it. Yes. Uh, uh, So we both watched the proposal video, and it's sweet but very bizarre, Mm -hmm. which I guess is not surprising at this point. It starts with Amanda in the living room, and she's tailoring some sort of large silver cloak, which is not part of the proposal. No, she's just happens to be doing it and it looks like something that you would definitely wear in cosplay yeah okay yeah it kind of sounds like something like if i randomly show up at meg's apartment she's usually doing something weird and crafty (laughs) it's not something for cosplay but like she's usually sewing something like masks for the covid yeah so so (laughs) weird (laughs) yeah but she does other crafts she's just not admitting to it sure making comedy props yeah yeah so uh, unclear what the cloak is for she's hemming this cloak a large crashing noise comes from their backyard and they're both like let's go check this out but she's kind of giggling the whole time as they go out to investigate and basically she goes outside robinson has staged a fake meteor crash in their backyard yeah there's like this glowing rock 
and there's also a glowing plaque that Amanda reads, and it's a message from the future, I think, Mm -hmm. about their relationship. So then Robinson eventually proposes by saying, I don't have a ring, but I do have a big rock. (laughs) Ha ha. (laughs) Okay. He then later says, will you stay with me until the last star in the galaxy burns out and even after that, which is a pretty cute thing to say. Absolutely. Between two space nerds. Yeah. Mega space nerds. It's very cute. It's not what I would want in any way. Maybe the effort involved. (laughs) Yeah. The meteor crash in my backyard. It would really scare me. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. That I feel like you would be, you would be crying. A, yeah, I would cry. For the wrong reason. And then the guy would be like, no, I'm actually proposing. <laughs> it would be too much. I will say this would probably be one of those things that would make us say no. Not because it's not cute, but because it's not us. Right. But we wouldn't, how would you get that far in a relationship yeah, yeah, anyways? Yeah. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, so then, you know, they at some point get into wedding planning, and, and this is where Meg's going to jump in and tell you about our favorite part. Oh, boy. I'm so excited. Here we go. Okay, folks. This registry is not just any wedding registry. And while Amanda has claimed it's not a crowdfunding site at all, I think it absolutely is. So initially the site was public, but it's since been locked with a password. Good idea. Should have done that from the beginning. Absolutely. When the media started to cover this, they were very critical of Amanda for asking strangers who weren't invited to help pay for her wedding. So funny. Yeah. The the crazy thing is that the media knew about this because Amanda tweeted about it um, <laughs> in a link saying, I'm getting married to at Man Under Bridge. That's Christopher. Christopher's ha- uh, handle. Yeah. How? Oh, so weirdly. Time travel and so forth. Check out our wedding story. And then she linked to the registry. We're still trying to figure out crazy costumes, sets, props, and food. Fashionistas? Prop wizards, chefs, got any advice? I'm all ears. So she clearly wanted it to be public for her over 60,000 Twitter followers. Right. And and now, Meg, you've planned many weddings. Um, Tell me, have you ever needed a prop wizard (laughs) at one of them? Molly, you can't ask me a question like that when I'm sipping my wine. (laughs) Uh, No, I can't say I have. I, I guess, no. I mean, as a florist, I could have referred to myself that way, I suppose. Sure, but you would sound like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, the registry's private now, so I had to comb the internet and Twitter for people's screenshots of it from when it was still public. And yeah, Meg did a lot of sleuthing. You guys should yeah, know. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. She's about getting it. so she gets some good credit for really doing the deep <laughs> digging on this episode. Uh, I had fun. So. Yeah, I would get texts in the middle of the night about it. So <laughs> that's true. She but had that's fun. also normal. Yeah, true. Uh, what I found is that when you went to the page, you were greeted with a galaxy photo header, so like a picture of stars, and over it it said registry. Below that was a ticking clock countdown towards their wedding day, and it all looks super sci-fi. Okay. Then it starts out with these three short paragraphs. Let's get into it. Yeah, I'm just going to give it to you. Yeah. It says, let's face it, we don't need any more stuff. What we do need is help putting on the best party ever for our family and friends. We weren't expecting to be planning a wedding and Amanda's first ever trip to Italy at the same time. Have a return trip, right? Oh, yeah, sorry, for her first ever return trip. Right, because right. we definitely know she's been there. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right, guys? Yeah, you're right. But when the Italy Innocence Project invited Amanda to speak at their inaugural wrongful convictions event, we couldn't pass up the opportunity. With scant time to plan and no financial backing, we had to spend our wedding funds on this challenging and important journey. It was well worth it. Amanda reached some hearts and healed a bit of her own. Okay. That's nice. 
Now we're asking for help so that we can shower our friends and family with love and celebration instead of traditional registry. We are asking for donations towards the cost of the wedding. Whether you're attending or not. Yikes. That's where you're losing me. Yeah. All are welcome to donate to specific costs or at a patron level. What is this, a podcast? (laughs) We don't even have that yet. (laughs) Everyone who donates will receive a signed limited edition copy of the Cardio Tesseract, our joint book of love poems forthcoming from Alla Factory Press. See below for more details. Love A plus E. So they're right about one thing for sure in that opening. This is not a traditional registry. Yeah, fair. So it then says, no other pre-singularity union produced as much cerebral and pathetic heat or blazed as brightly through the early 21st century database as the joining of Amanda Marie Knox and Christopher Gerald Robinson. Not to embarrass you, not to embarrass you Meg, but you did say database instead of data sphere. Oh and my god, that's pretty important clarification. Go. You gotta go. <laughs> what now, an idiot. <laughs> now this statement bothers me because it's basically just space people talk for we're the best couple ever. Yeah, like no one's love is better than our love. Get out of here. Goth. <laughs> we were being so nice before. I know. Okay. So I'm gonna read a lot, but I think it's worth it. Okay, I'm here listening. Okay. From there, you find what I would call strange descriptions of what you can help pay for, as well as general amounts you can give as a patron. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so to be a stellar patron, you get $500 to, quote, add an extra sparkle to every corner of this production. And completely vague. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And how how many corners are you working with? Yeah, what's the the price of this glitter? (laughs) Okay, to be a galactic patron, you must give $1,000, and it says, we welcome the embrace of your spiral arms. My arms are not spiral. (laughs) With your help, our coalescence will become even grander in scale, with more outrageous costumes, crazier puzzles, mind-bending sets, and extravagant alien food. If there's one thing I want to do at a wedding, it's a puzzle. And eat... Whatever alien food is. And then here's your reward for giving them $1,000. And when the Beastie Boys intergalactic hits the crowd like a supernova, we'll be shouting our praises to you. So we'll yell and no one will hear us? <laughs> yeah, and I also like the idea that they're at their own wedding, and when that song comes on, they're like, Molly Kiernan from Los, Ange- Los Angeles, California. <laughs> well, you're not here because you weren't invited, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Even more insane? To be a temporal patron, you can give either two grand, five grand, or ten grand, and it aptly reads this. You're joking, right? <laughs> we don't really expect to have any donors this generous, but if you're out there and you exist, your friendship is truly timeless. Ugh. With your help, we'll be able to make this night transcend the moment, not just with photos, but with an AV time capsule. I looked it up. No idea what it is. Okay, so. yeah, that Couldn't feels find made up. Uh, we'll also send you a special video from the future, reading you an excerpt from the Encyclopedia Galactica. Just tell us what you want us to look up in future archives. Okay, that big means encyclopedia nothing. heads. These two, they love encyclopedias. <laughs> Haven't you heard of the internet? <laughs> it's not in the future. <laughs> okay, 
a few more things. If you give $75 towards photography, it says there's going to be, this is my favorite one, I think. Okay. $75. There's going to be Vikings drinking pangalactic gargle blasters, mutants schmoozing with Grecian queens and cyborgs. No one will believe it happened if we don't get some damn photos to prove it. Help us support a hardworking local photographer and artist. What I wouldn't give to be that photographer. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty cool, actually. You know they just have a friend, though. Yeah. They're artsy. They have a yeah, photo friend. Yeah, they must have photo friends. Oh, boy. And then they would have to trust them anyway. So, yeah, they're paying their friend, which is good. You should pay your friends, but... So, so interesting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, okay. Can we just... So that's like the one nice what thing is they're a, doing. Okay, so Vikings will be drinking pangalactic gargle blasters. A gargle blaster sounds to me like um, maybe like a beer with pop rocks in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? These have to all be like lame things you'd have at like a birthday party. Oh, yeah, like, like kids... custom cocktails that yeah, are... Yeah, like a kid's space-themed birthday party. But also, how is it both space-themed and there's Vikings and Grecian queens and cyborgs all there? I think time travel, Meg. Duh. Oh, fuck. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm okay. really, I'm really getting you, you this are. episode. What am I thinking? <laughs> I'm the joke here. Yeah. Okay. If you give fifty dollars towards, here's your favorite, probably games, curiosities, and puzzles. Kill me. That sounds like my nightmare. I know you. Hate I it. hate puzzles and games. You get so bored. They're so boring. Uh, this coalescence is no spectator sport. So I have to give money and then I have to do shit at your wedding. Yeah. Okay. No thanks. But let me watch TV somewhere. Mm-hmm. Love Island. There will be <laughs> games, puzzles, and riddles you have to help us solve. Our very futures are at stake. Help us construct some clever contractions. I think I wrote that wrong. Contraptions, probably? Probably, but with this, you never know. Yes. Uh, what if you're not there and you're paying for puzzles for other people to do? Oh, I guess you're paying for someone else to be bored. <laughs> Okay, and finally... It's making me so mad. I know. I, I've read it too much to... It's sunk in for me. Yeah. And finally, if you give $25 for, quote, paradox props, it says this. Flowers? Who needs them? We're going to have some crazy centerpieces that will warp your concept of time. And this one was accompanied with a photo of, like, a strange little plush blue guy with wires coming out of its body. Okay. Really interesting. It's so... Probably, probably that and jars of pop rocks. Yep. <laughs> Throw a beer in. I saw a wedding. Tic- I saw a TikTok of a baby eating pop rocks the other day, so they're on my mind. I feel like that is not good yeah, parenting. Yeah, bad for the baby, but <laughs> it was funny. Okay. Um, all right. And one of my favorite details was that all the donors get that copy of the couple's book of love poems. No thanks. Called the Cardio Tesseract. And this is one sentence of lengthier explanation of the book that I found from their publisher. To read these poems is not so much to be a voyeur but to become both sides of this spinning coin, to see yourself in a mirror reflecting a mirror. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We're not judging her on murder, but we're judging her. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Okay. So when people blew up about this registry, as Molly is right now, Mm -hmm. Amanda tweeted this. To those hating on us all day, you've been duped by the outrage machine. You gave ad money to tabloids that profit by making you angry about things that don't matter. Our wedding will be crazy and fun and bare bones if it needs to be, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But there'll be gargle juice. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that was. Okay, I will say, like, I understand, I agree a little that people care 
like too people much. tore her down too much mm-hmm. for it bringing back so much about the case and stuff. oh yeah and that's it's like this is this is not what's happening in time right now right and they're like you're a murderer and now you're planning a bad wedding yeah like that. <laughs> a wedding that's molly's literal nightmare yeah it sounds awful and i do think it's important to mention that some of these articles that I used as sources are written by people who have written books about Amanda. Okay, so they have probably had their own opinion. They have a stake in her fame sticking around. 100%. Okay, that is a good point. So while I think this is all very dumb, <laughs> there's my opinion, these people that are tearing her down are making money off of doing it, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, to stay fair, uh, Amanda and Christopher said to ABC News, our wedding registry was never meant to be a crowdfunding source. Well, but um, it was meant for our family and friends and well-wishers that I have. I have a lot of haters in this world, but I have a lot of family, friends, and supporters as well. I wanted to share with them this fun, creative idea. I gotta say, like, after deep diving into her Instagram and stuff for this, just to make sure I got a sense for who she is. Uh Uh-huh. I think she's just a little out there. Oh, yeah. She's a weirdo. I think she's just a little odd. She's trying to live her life away from this shit, but then probably doesn't know life without it. Yeah. Because she chose to make this very public, and she has to know this is not what people consider normal wedding planning, right? Right. Like, crazy details aside, the... The asking for money, all of it, is... She's unaware. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it's a ploy. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're giving her a lot of credit, which I'm not saying she doesn't deserve, but it's like she should know this is going to look bad when she tweets it to 60,000 followers, right? Yeah, you would think. And that's kind of bringing me into the next thing I want to talk about. I try to think if this was me, definitely the media wouldn't give a shit. But my friends would definitely complain to each other a lot and maybe give me, like, $5 yeah. each. But that has a lot to do with the fact, too, that I don't have money. Yeah. And so I kind of got curious about their finances. Oh, you yeah, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So I did some more digging, Molly. <laughs> Here um, we go. And I feel like my friends would be like, why is Meg having... The wedding. And by wedding, I mean the party, ceremony, meal, etc. Right. Yeah. Not getting married. That's totally different than having a wedding. Uh-huh. Yeah. The celebration part of it. So why is she doing it if she can't fit the bill herself? Mm-hmm. Go to City Hall, babe. Yeah. You know? So I gotta say, some of what I found doesn't reflect great on Amanda and Christopher. Okay. Let's get Again. into it. Remember how at the beginning of their registry they said that a big challenge for them with paying for the wedding was that Amanda had just returned to Italy for the first time recently? Uh Uh-huh. Well, the Italy Innocence Project has since confirmed that they paid for Knox's Air Force and lodging for the conference. Yikes alert, babe. Uh, They did for all their guest speakers. And then, I guess, Amanda admitted that the costs were toward the expenses of her mother and Christopher, who went with her. And she said she spent an additional ten grand on precautions necessary for my safety and to avoid harassment. Which is it makes sense. Like what a nightmare she went through. But you gotta be honest about that. Yes. Yeah. Because then the Italian police and the Innocence Project said that they provided security for her as Mm. well. So 
I don't know what it's like to be Amanda Knox, but it seems like she didn't need to spend a ton on that trip. Yeah, but to be fair, if I were Amanda Knox, I wouldn't trust the Italian police, probably. Sure, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, to provide I don't know me what with that security. Like, right, we don't know. But it's strange to say, well, it's because of this, when, especially the lodging thing, it's like, it was, it was paid for. Yeah. So, just right. be honest. Be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if I were her and I went there, I'd be constantly afraid I was going to get arrested again. Mm -hmm. Because it happened multiple times to Mm -hmm. her. Okay, and then this is my real sleuthing. Oh, as opposed to the other stuff. I feel like I'm a little embarrassed by how much I got into this episode. But I read somewhere that Amanda and Christopher had bought a house right before they got married. And it said the house cost $718,000. Okay. Yeah, kind of not a big deal in LA, but everywhere else, that's a that's yeah. a good price. House. And they're in Seattle. They it's it was in somewhere in Washington, Vashon, Washington, I okay. believe. All right, but I didn't know if I could believe that what I'd read. So since I used to be a real estate copywriter for a few years, oh, one of Meg's <laughs> eight thousand jobs, one she's of had. my other past lives. Uh huh. I knew that was some keywords from the home's description. I could find the house, and I did. Wow, good job. But then. Public sites don't usually tell you tax information, so just because I found that the house sold for $718,000 on March 13, 2019, doesn't mean it was Amanda and Christopher that bought it, right? right? And that was like 13 months before the wedding they threw, so it's not like that was all happening exactly at the same time, but... Not looking great. It was them that made the home purchase. It was Uh their choice. They were like, we want the security of a home, we want to put our money there, which I think is a great idea. And it was their choice, and they did it. But it was them. Meg, that's that's really good sleuthing. Uh, how do I know? I looked up photos of the home and then looked on Amanda's Instagram and found that even though they clearly redid the floors in their living room, more money. Another cost, <laughs> <laughs> that's the house she's living in and posting on Instagram from. Uh, they definitely bought that house a year before their wedding. Oh, this is good Instagram stalking. The type that usually I'll reserve for the new girlfriend of an ex you know yeah of course yeah but you put it to good use for the pod (laughs) yeah i um i live for the pod molly i love that (laughs) also i looked up the average cost of a wedding in the state of washington and it's twenty nine thousand five hundred eleven dollars and if they only put down five percent on their house (laughs) which is a common thing to do in california i don't know about washington okay their down payment would have been $35,950. Sounds like enough money to pay for a wedding. It's much higher than the average. Okay. So, but then it's definitely worth mentioning that Italy was, well, this is another good thing, actually. Italy yeah. was ordered to pay Amanda a settlement of around $21,000 in January of this year, which is fine. But I also read that her trials took like a million dollars. Right. I read that too, that it, it totally... And while Seattle did crowdfund, I read $80,000 for her. Oh. You know, there were some other proceeds that went to her. All of her book proceeds go to paying off just her trials. Right, yes. I read that as well. So, uh, yeah. Of course, that stuff was a lot of money. And, yeah, who knows exactly where she's at, but I did think she lied. You know, they've lied. Yes. They've been mysterious about this even though they've chosen to make it a very public thing by tweeting about it and keeping it public for a while i don't know i don't i so all my research concluded i don't know that i know where her finances are yeah but it's seen it's she's definitely been untruthful and she did say 
We got a handful of donations and a truck full of hate. Okay, well, you asked for it. A I little know. bit, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows if it really was a handful or what. Also, Christopher said she has too much hope for humanity, which if I were her, I'd be pissed off about because it's sort of... Like, she's just naive. Look at this little cutie. It's yeah. like she was in an Italian jail, dude. She doesn't know money. She's, she's seen stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, Meg. So let me get into the actual wedding, but I want to back up a little bit first. You talked about okay. a lot of the reasons why people were upset with Amanda asking for people to pay for this registry and maybe not being so clear about her finances. And there's something else that really bothered people. After the 2018 proposal I talked about, Amanda and Christopher did legally get married in December of that year without yeah. a wedding reception. So they were already married and they didn't say that. Yeah. Um, again, they lied. Which they could have. They totally could have. So that's their bad, I think. And it did make some people mad. Probably people that don't know her, you know. They criticized Knox right. for asking for money for her wedding when she was already married. But that is, like, one of the things that actually doesn't really bother me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me either. Yeah, plenty Getting... of people get legally married before they actually celebrate, often for reasons relating to finances, insurance, things Taxes. like that. Taxes. Exactly. And that's exactly what Amanda said to her critics. She still wanted the opportunity to celebrate with her loved ones, which is fair. But you could have said that in the beginning, babe. And you could, if you are waiting, you could wait and save up buy your house if you're gonna do that in the first place just wait until you can foot the bill yeah. i would think right of course so they finally did have the alien themed celebration <laughs> of their dreams on february 29th of this year and it was called the knox robinson coalescence of course it was held at a sports bar in washington what i didn't know that detail <laughs> really interesting detail no i did not know that yeah and even though it was indeed space themed i, I meg needs to hold on this my mouth is open i know and to be fair i don't know if it was a huge sports bar but that is it was at a sports bar it was buffalo wild wings <laughs> it was hooters <laughs> <laughs> so it was space themed right yeah in a sports bar okay yeah so even though it was indeed space themed guests and there were about 100 guests this was kind of alluded to in the registry that mm -hmm. there were different things coming into play here in this theme they were mm -hmm. dressed as egyptian rulers vikings flappers all over the the gamut so i guess there was some sort of time travel element sure. as well now she wore a bizarre mean of me but she wore a yellow outfit well like not a traditional wedding right outfit which i'm for all anyone. about i'm all about non-traditional wedding outfits yeah. this was kind of like a, a yellow jumpsuit the top part kind of looked like Belle's dress from beauty and the beast i want to say oh you're right like a yellow corset yeah and then the bottom are, are these kind of wild yellow striped wide-legged pants mm -hmm. i don't like them <laughs> they're not for me okay yeah very parachutey right Yes, yeah, 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 I believe so. We'll have a photo on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Uh, e! News reported that guests sipped on Bloody Marys, which was a fun detail because it seems like a weird drink to sip throughout an evening. And I I heard that they were going to have chuggler Gargle blasters. Gargle blasters. <laughs> chuggler, chuggler boosters. I'm changing the name every time. <laughs> um, and they also apparently ate potato salad and popcorn. I hope they had dinner, too. I'm going to assume yes, but I don't know. If I were at a wedding, like, dancing the night away, I'm not sipping on a Bloody Mary and popping popcorn. Maybe that mouth. was just one thing. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's, um, you know, Christopher's favorite drink, and so they had that, and then they also had gargle blasters. Gargle and blasters and things. chugglers. Um, <laughs> now, now, it's unclear 
clear how much money was raised via their crowdfunding. That's right. obviously information that I assume Knox is never going to share uh, because of all the criticism. Yeah, and she doesn't need to. Right. So, you know, we want to get into the, the kind of the ethics of this, right, Meg? So... Mm-hmm. Crowdfunding a wedding is not something that only women accused of murder have done, if you can believe. Other people have done it, too. GoFundMe has thousands of wedding fundraisers, and now there are... Really? Yeah, and now there are even sites specifically for crowdfunding weddings, including ourbridalfund.com, weddingcrowdfunding.com, and thecrowdedwedding.com, among others. Um, So, unfortunately, I couldn't find more recent statistics, but in 2015, nearly $4 million had been raised over 4,000 wedding campaigns on GoFundMe. Wow. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's not, certainly not the most successful type of fundraiser on GoFundMe, but it's something. Um, Right. I also read that some wedding campaigns do indeed raise no money. The majority of successful wedding Mm. fundraisers raise between $2,000 to $5,000 from around 25 people each. Okay. So that does to me sound like friends and family. So interesting to me. Yeah, and and we'll get into our opinions on it, of yeah. course. Um, and, but let me talk about public opinion first. A lot of people argue that crowdfunding, particularly on sites like GoFundMe, should be reserved for charity, disaster relief, things like that. Of right. course. People also say that you really run the risk of offending your guests. Mm-hmm. You could also, as you said before, Meg, you know, just extend your engagement, wait until you have the money. And if you don't have enough money for the wedding of your dreams, you simply shouldn't have that wedding of your dreams. Or you can create something mm-hmm. that's more budget friendly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never have to worry about it because Meg's going to plan my whole wedding. Absolutely, when I, do get I am. Already on it. <laughs> Yeah, so Amanda and Christopher aren't the only people who have had their wedding fundraisers go viral and get a ton of backlash. In 2019, a couple from the UK shared their GoFundMe page to who they thought was family and friends, uh, but it ended up being shared 7,000 times by various critics, and then they took it down. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So that's embarrassing, pretty embarrassing. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, like someone like Amanda's probably used to this, well, she's very used to this Also, she tweeted it. This this couple did not do that. Yeah, I think... I yeah. think they just made the page. And even if they did tweet it, they were not famous. Right. So they think they're tweeting it to their friends and family. Now, I found an article on Hitched, which is a wedding website, that shared some GoFundMe descriptions from people planning their wedding. And I- I'd like to read my favorites, if you'll allow me. Please. Yes. One is from a couple named Robin Taylor. Their fundraiser is called Robin Taylor's Destination Wedding. And here's the description. Rob and Taylor are going to have a destination wedding in the summer of 2017. We would like to raise money to pay for the wedding and pay for some of the costs of our friends and family joining us. The details are a little sketchy right now, but we are definitely going somewhere in the U.S. on motorcycles and where it's warm. Can't wait to see you there. Okay, so Rob and Taylor, probably adorable couple, right? Probably. But this is more than anything... A sign that their wedding is a disaster. Uh, from a wedding planning standpoint, awful. This sound like from a normal person. They standpoint, literally I'm called. Red flags. They called it sketchy. Don't ask me to pay for something that's sketchy, Meg. How are your guests who don't have motorcycle licenses going to participate in this? Yeah, I, that part I didn't understand. Are you guys just on the motorcycles? Is everyone on a motorcycle? What's it's the deal? somewhere in the U.S. Like, yeah, anywhere. <laughs> it's- Definitely going somewhere Can't in the U.S. Can't wait to see cool. you there. Where? <laughs> cool, you've narrowed it down to an entire country, thanks. But that's not even my favorite. Here's my favorite. The title is Destination Wedding, Hawaii. And this this was written from the perspective of one of the partners. I don't really have some sob story to share because I am pretty much perfect and don't have time for sob stories. What I am going to do is allow random people to help us raise money so that we can have the wedding that will burn in your finances a little instead of mine a lot. 
we don't mm. really have the money to plan an expensive wedding and a honeymoon, so we decided to elope and have our wedding and honeymoon at the same time. We are trying to raise money for a destination wedding in August. Help us get to Hawaii. At least they know what state they're going to. <laughs> Please help us make our dream wedding come true and enable us to have the memories that will last a lifetime. As a token of appreciation, I will personally send photos of us creating the memories. The top giver will receive personal photos of me wearing a custom t-shirt that says, thanks to name, for funding my wedding. Okay, here's the thing. Get into it, Meg. Well, this is bullshit. This is, yeah. although at least they're Part- being up front. But I will say, this is exactly what Amanda's was. Because mm-hmm. it's like, we're the best couple ever. We'll shout your name. We don't expect it, but also, it's not a big deal for you to help us. Right, and and you'll get credit, because we'll shout your name while we're drinking our gargle charglers. And <laughs> I've, if we had clever names for our episodes, this would be gargle, gargle charglers. <laughs> so yeah i don't personally know anyone whose dream wedding involves them wearing a t-shirt with a random person's name on it and that's certainly not something i'd want to receive as a gift if i help someone fund their wedding but i'm just one gal you know i think you're not alone yeah um i also read in brides magazine meg about a woman in canada who tried to charge her guests a fifteen hundred dollar attendance fee no crazy this is the most egregious to me this is even worse than than Viking space wedding. No. Yeah, not surprisingly, people got mad when she canceled the wedding. I hate that. Yeah. even if all your friends are rich, that's still... I wouldn't charge people $5 to come in. I... Even a cash bar is you have the choice right. to participate exactly. and then decide to drink or not. Exactly. This is like or you can't come through the door. be a smart person and bring a fucking flask to a yeah. wedding like everybody does. You have to buy a <laughs> ticket that costs more than a ticket to a Taylor Swift concert? Come it on. costs my rent. <laughs> Yeah. Basically. And not quite concert. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I've never been to one, but I want to (laughs) go. One day. Now, I also browsed GoFundMe for a while, and I did find some fundraisers for people who, like, had originally paid for their wedding, but maybe got scammed by travel companies or wedding planners. Happens all the time. One couple had been robbed right before their wedding. All their stuff was stolen from the car as they were, like, driving to where they were going to get married. That stuff kind of makes more sense to me. Who's stealing that yeah, I don't like, know. Like, 25 clear hurricanes, vases. Like, right. So so these kind of did make more sense to me. That people, absolutely makes sense to me. Right. They made the original effort. I also found a very sweet fundraiser by a man raising money for the wedding of his future wife's dreams, and his his wife is suffering from breast cancer. So that's, you know, that's a wedding, oh, like, yeah. on GoFundMe that I think I would donate to, and that makes sense to me, right? But obviously that's a very specific case, and that's not the position amanda knox was in and many of these other people do you think she thinks she's in that situation i mean that's a really interesting point you know she do you think that because this bad thing happened to her and presumably she either was in like i'm not saying but in her head i think maybe she thinks she was innocent in her head she's innocent in her head she's innocent we don't know what happened but right i think at this point i mean god i said we weren't gonna talk about this but i personally think maybe she's innocent or had something to do with it and is so disassociated that she thinks that she is so do you think that maybe she feels like she's the woman with breast cancer getting married yeah like she's the she's forever gonna be the victim yeah might be kind of her thing which also to remain such a public figure kind of means you're 
she now, chose to remain a public figure right? yeah right, she is speaking stuff. out and like her cause is great but at the Absolutely. same time, I do think Meredith's family thinks that she had something to do with it. So, like, remaining in the spotlight is probably very frustrating for them. Absolutely. I don't know. I think maybe she does consider herself a victim. I'm just thinking of this. And, no, I think that's a really great and point. And maybe that's why she doesn't understand why this is a problem for anyone. Right. Yeah. Great which, Great point. Which is a good intro into if we think <laughs> crowdfunding we think? a wedding is okay. <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, I want you to go first, Meg. Do you think it's okay to crowdfund a wedding? I do not. Yeah. And this is why. I think that having a wedding, like I said before, not just getting married, but having a dinner and drinks, whatever. DJ, band, whatever it is. Yes. A big gargle su- charglers. A, <laughs> gargle charglers. A party. Having a party mm-hmm. of any kind is a privilege. Yeah. And it sucks that some people want it and can't have it. Absolutely. That always sucks, no matter what the thing is. Yeah. Um, if it's good, you right. know. But I think that, especially if you're able to have other privileges, like buying a home and stuff, then it is not on other people as nice as this concept sounds to be helped out in that way. Yeah. It is not on those other people to help you out and even if there's weirdos out there who are obsessed with amanda knox like bart funk (laughs) probably is (laughs) yeah i think you're taking advantage of people who have strange obsessions with famous people Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't be yeah i mean if you want to take advantage of those people and their money like tweet out a charity you know, that's really great yes. or something, right? Yeah, yes. and they'll be like, oh, Amanda I, Knox likes this. I'm going to donate to it. Yeah, and a lot. Okay. I do think a lot of people said, why aren't you asking in lieu of gifts for people to give to the Innocence Project? Right, yeah, yeah, if yeah. If that's your passion. Yeah, which is a great, you know, very valid criticism. And, yeah, and if she wants her, her space, Egypt wedding, whatever. yeah. At have a sports it, bar? At a sports bar, you know, have it with 10 people. Yeah. And don't decorate every corner. With glitter. <laughs> with expensive glitter. glitter. And have puzzles. You can, believe me, delete the puzzles, Amanda. No one's going to miss them. Except maybe <laughs> delete Meg. them. Yeah. So I will, Meg, she I loves will try games. to beat everybody at the puzzles uh, yeah. at a wedding and ruin your wedding. So. Yikes. <laughs> Meg brings the ferocity. Oh, and Misha Barton's probably going to be at that <laughs> wedding. And then I'm going to try to beat Misha Barton. <laughs> I was just going to bring up some <laughs> Um Okay, so so here's where I'm at. I think most of the time, no, it, it's kind of tacky and rude and, and probably disrespectful. And, and I do really value your opinion on it, Meg, as someone who's planned a lot of weddings and who's yeah. had a wedding and who's had to finance a wedding herself, right? But I well, guess... Well, I did, if I'm being open, my parents helped me a lot. And okay, I will yes. say, if I ever get married, and, and I was younger and I was fine with that, and I really, really was grateful for it, but uh-huh. I also put a lot of effort into cutting costs and being I'm sure you did you know providing for the guests so that you know they felt loved because they came so far to be there yeah but also was aware that I wasn't covering the whole check and there's so many things that you can do to cut down and have a great event yeah I just wanted to say, like, no, it wasn't I think you're just totally me. Right. And if I do get married again, I will not ask my parents for help. Yeah. And that will be something that I have to deal with when yeah. the time comes. But that was, they, they wanted to do that. Yeah. I didn't ask. They offered. And it was a really beautiful, beautiful thing. And they had a lot of say in how everything went. Right. And, like, and did you, where, where was your wedding? 
I got married at my childhood home. Okay, so that is cutting costs right away, right there. Kind of. I don't want to get into the details of ah. wedding planning, but if you do pick a location like that, you also have to pay extra to bring everything oh, in. Oh, yeah. That's for another episode. Like porta potties and right. all your okay. table yeah, rentals, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Very good point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and as someone who's seen you plan parties, not not anything to the extent of a, of a wedding. Or shows, um, produce shows. Yeah, produce shows, you're always cutting costs. You're always doing DIY stuff. So I have yeah. no doubt that you were doing that at your own wedding too. Yeah. Um, so, but kind of where I'm coming from is, so most of the time I think no, but sometimes I get it. I don't know. People fundraise for their dumb web series. <laughs> yeah, you know? our friends like, do that a lot. Exactly. And like, sorry that I think a lot of web series are dumb, some are not, but... And I'm sure one day I'll be fundraising <laughs> you're for sitting, some dumb pilot. You're currently sitting under a Broad City poster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And hey, you know, look what that turned into. But so I'm kind of like, okay, so if we can do it for that, why can't we do it for weddings? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, okay. it's kind of my argument sometimes. I get that weddings are just one thing, but it's like, so are web series. <laughs> They're just one series of videos yeah putting on a web series is also a privilege you're right about that absolutely a privilege and i'm not saying i'll never do it like i'm sure i will contradict myself and one day ask for money to help shoot a pilot or whatever it is because that's the industry i'm in and and i don't have that money myself but that's kind of why i guess i'm torn on it yeah yeah i just and i also i guess i think about like some of my friends that have recently gotten engaged and have had to postpone their weddings due to covid and to be clear none of them have asked none of them have done anything like this none of them have crowdfunded or asked for help but sure. part of me is like if they did i don't know that i would hate it that much or be like that turned off by it because like we are living in such a difficult time I guess the thing that we're both know. agreeing on is asking strangers. Asking is strangers, hundred percent, a line that you cross. It, maybe yes, you're you're definitely right. Like make that a private site. Always make that a private thing so you can have a password on it and send that password. I was reading um somewhere and we'll link it in the sources. Um, uh, kind of like an etiquette guide on on how to crowdfund your wedding. Mm. And one part of it was saying if you send out like a GoFundMe site or whatever, like a link, you should also send a personalized letter, email, whatever to each person you're sending that to to explain it you know and like, I like that. say why you're doing it which I like that so I don't love it I don't think it's great but people do it for other things that I also don't know that, that are also be. a privilege exactly it's not just I can't pay for this surgery this chemo this whatever right. like that is a hundred percent I'm on board for those sorts of fundraisers especially yeah. because the state of healthcare, everything in our country. Yeah, you had a friend that we both contributed to her COVID. Exactly, treatment. Yeah, so who knows? Weddings are kind of, I think right now, weddings are not the priority. Right. But I also just said... Another time where it might feel smart to go ahead and get it legally done, be married, Uh and no one's going to be like, what, they're having a party a year later? Right. Like, it's COVID. Please have a party a year later. Please don't have a party right now. You're waiting for sex? Go get that. Go get that legal thing signed and get in there. (laughs) Yeah, I've actually saw two, this is kind of a tangent, but I saw like two, uh, sorry, just to go back, I don't know anyone that's waiting for sex. (laughs) I did. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Hello. We'll get into it later. Um, another episode. But I saw a few posts of people I know who got married over the weekend. Mm. And they did have, like, or or recently at least, and they did have, like, socially distanced wedding. 
weddings. Like, there's mm-hmm. pictures of bridesmaids and masks and stuff still yeah. looking lovely. And I wonder how much was that really socially distanced. I don't know, because I wasn't there. I mean, not a lot, I'm guessing. Exactly. But they probably had a much smaller wedding, more intimate. Right, There's no right. way they they invited everyone they meant to totally. or wanted to if they're doing that. Yeah, so, but I don't know. That was kind of interesting to me. Part of me was like, why wouldn't you just wait a little bit longer? But also, none of us know how long COVID's going to last and how long we can't have, like, a real big wedding. I also think a lot of people put down deposits Exactly, so I don't want to be the judge of that either. No. Um, but it was just something I, was, I thought about and was wondering. But Amanda Knox, you know, you had a weird so wedding. So <laughs> entertaining. Yeah, I love this topic, and I think... Both of us were kind of, like, coming into this topic. We're like, oh, this will be kind of, like, an easy, quick one. The research won't be hard. And, again, to give Meg credit, she did the majority of the research. And Molly has a full-time job. Well, okay, <laughs> but you have a lot of freelance stuff. But, you know, and and Meg really got into some rat wormholes, rabbit holes. Yeah, spiral arms. Yeah, you yeah some spiral arms on this. And, you know, she had a few gurgle churglers, kept herself awake, and did a ton I of I did research. drink a lot of wine. Yeah, so, I mean, hey... It seems like we're, I mean, if we're going to just sum it up, we both have differing opinions on if it's okay to crowdfund your wedding, but it does cross the line when you make it a public thing as a public figure, even if you didn't ask to be one. Yes. Yes. Conclusion number one. Conclusion number two. I'll be inventing a recipe for gargle struggles. (gasps) Oh my God. We should. Yeah. You know um, I'm going to make that happen. Exactly. Yeah. There's got to be Pop Rocks involved. Oh, I've done it before. I cre- I've created custom drinks for movies. There we go. For my job. Oh, yes, you have. So look out for that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now is our last segment, our little closeout. Oh, my uh, gosh. And Meg, you had a, you have a pitch for the name of the segment you said. I did tell you that. Um, but you didn't I, tell me what it was. Yeah, I think we're going to call this Real Love. Oh, I like that. Okay, so right? real love, which is real stories of love that our listeners send us. Yeah. And I've forgotten every time we've done the podcast, which arguably has only is been twice. Arguably. Um, love in the news. I want to call it cute alert. <laughs> okay. But that might get confusing because it's also something I say a lot. True, but it's happening. Okay, great. I'm fine with it. Okay, so, so our first segment will always be cute alert at this point, and then our last will always be real love. Real love. Okay, so today's real love story comes from... Uh, my friend and also a wonderful New York comedian, also a reductress writer, mm. um, among many other things. Her name is Virginia Dickens. And so here is her story. This is maybe the closest thing I ever found to a soulmate, but also maybe it was too mm. brief to actually know if it was lust or love. So this kind of... uh, She was responding to last week. Yeah, relates to our first episode. In 2012, I was 20 years old and just landed in Prague for study abroad. Study abroad. What? (laughs) I think it was our first weekend there, and my friends and I went to a nightclub called Lucerna, and it was 80s, 90s That sounds like birth control. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was 80s, 90s night. Sounds fun, which was fun as fuck and right up my alley. Virginia's awesome. This is right up her alley. Uh, I saw this cute guy smoking a cig. Smoking inside was allowed. Duh, Europe. So I asked if he had a lighter. At age 20, I used to socially smoke for exactly this reason. Don't blame ya, but we shouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) He had a face I was naturally drawn to. He was tallish with brown hair and an accent I later learned was British, but also Australian because he'd moved to Australia from the UK. So it was a little funky, but I was super into it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember hitting it off right away, like, belting 80s, 90s songs in each other's faces and goofy dancing. Cute. Cute. I wasn't trying to impress him or anything. It was just good, clean, drunk 80s, 90s nightclub evening. 
classic. Abroad. Yeah. Wow. That, of course, is like a classic good Living abroad Living your tw- hello 20s. Yeah. Uh, he walked back to my dorm with me and my friends, and it was clear he was going to stay over. I shared a dorm room with three other girls, and we all had twin beds. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew he was on holiday and had to leave early in the morning. The part of the story my friends clearly remember, this is so funny, is before he got into my bed, he unloaded his pockets filled with coins. (laughs) What? Like, so many coins. It's like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so many coins. Wait, wait, I have more. Oh, yeah, please. 10 minutes of what? (laughs) No, no, more, more coins. Oh, (laughs) I thought you had more joke. Uh, 10 minutes of more, um, uh, he also had other accents. (laughs) Okay, so... She says, like, so many coins because they're actually valuable in Europe, and the Czech Mm. Republic uses karuna and not euros. But still, it was just an ungodly amount of coins in his pockets. Uh, I love that detail. Anyways, after the coins were unloaded, so three hours later, Mm -hmm. uh, it was was like, duh, we're going to have sex, but not ideal in a room with three other people and in a small bed. So we had sex in a communal room room on the love seat. This is so college. (laughs) I never did it in college, but... (laughs) very college yeah um i went to a very strict school as did you so mm-hmm. communal room on the love seat the love seat then became the hookup couch of the Sleska dorm fall 2012 semester i love this story another um birth control yes i can't, i can't even begin to think of all the shit that happened on that poor beige love seat <laughs> i remember the sex being pretty good which is cool for after a drunken night out and on a love seat yeah i'm like i'm impressed by this virginia can't lay down can't Sit up. Yeah. It's, yeah, right? Right. So, hey, mainly I just remember he was really nice to me, which mm-hmm. at the time felt rare with men. Mm-hmm. Very relatable. Sure. I possibly misconstrued niceness with actual feelings, but who knows? I skipped therapy this week. Please bear with me. That was her sign. Oh, this is her therapy. Yeah. The next morning, back in the twin bed, he overslept and was going to miss his train out of Prague. So he scurried to leave, and I had to put all of the loose coins back into his pockets, which woke up my roommates. So uh, she put she put them back. That's in? really sweet. She was helping him get ready to go. Aww. He had to go, you know, go go catch his flight or train. Uh, before he left, he tried to add me on Facebook, but I had some feature where I was unsearchable unless we had mutual friends. So he was making that initiative. So he told me to add him, and then he was off. I never saw him again. His name was Craig S. She does say the last name. Okay. Um, she, then she describes it. I'm not going to say his last name. I think if he's listening, this description is enough. <laughs> I hope um, and I couldn't find him on Facebook. So he, she had his whole name, couldn't find him. I tried every variation for his name and where he was from, Perth, but had no luck. Aww. To this day, I still search for him like once a year and have obviously expanded to Insta and Twitter. I didn't hook up with anyone else for the remainder of my study abroad, and I was low-key convinced he was my soulmate. Now, I'm not so mm-hmm. sure because it's been so long, but hey, maybe he'll listen to this podcast and we'll be reunited and someone will write a movie about us? A girl could dream. Okay, love first that. off, if somebody finds love through our podcast, we're, I, I'm done. I'm losing my mind. That's it. I really hope so. So Craig S. from Perth, if you're out there... One of our many international listeners. Please find her because Please we want to write that movie. Please find Virginia. I love this. Remember that beige love scene and the special time you had in it. Ugh. But yeah, special. You don't love the love scene. I don't know. I'm sure like all four of those women were using it for the same purpose. Well, yeah, she does say that. She said it becomes the hookup couch. You know, why not? That's how it goes. It's be- that's friendship right there. <laughs> You're sharing the same hookup couch. I love Aww. that. Um, but let's find this Craig S. 
Meg, oh, maybe you can do some oh, sleuthing. My sleuthing. Maybe. I'll that's, give it a go. That's our real love for this week. Real thank you. love. Woo-woo. Thank you to Virginia for sharing that yeah, wonderful romantic story. Please know that anyone listening can and should send in a love story or heartbreak story, whatever. Maybe how your parents met. Yeah. All the things. Anything. First kiss story. I love those. Anything. Bad, good, whatever. Cheating stories, dramatic stories, anything. Foreverbabepodcast at gmail.com. Please send yeah, it Yeah, there's us. also a link on our website. Yep. And you know... Why not rate and subscribe so that we don't ask anymore? Yeah, baby, <laughs> but we probably still will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that's it. What a fun episode. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Love you forever, babe. the sources we used for this episode and apologies in advance for any mispronunciations of names love has one cult kicked off Kauai after fleeing crestone the guru magazine by b schofield colorado cult whose leader claims to be a hawaiian goddess kicked out of hawaii all that's interesting.com by natasha isha love has one cult intercepted at kuhulu airport rerouted to colorado mauinow.com a dog's heart rate increases by 46% when owner says I love you. New study shows, people.com by Eric Tedisco, Amanda Knox, biography.com, the Amanda Knox Wikipedia page, profile, Meredith Kircher, bbcnews.com, Alpha Victory Press, Amanda Knox brazenly asks for public donations to pay for her wedding, evoke.ie by, by Kiva Terrell, the commercialist, oddity of Amanda Knox's wedding website, medium.com by Ciara Gaffney. Amanda Knox's wedding website is very weird. Stuff.com.nz by Lucy Z. Italy ordered to pay damages to Amanda Knox. NPR by Sasha Ingber. Once again, Amanda Knox gets stung by the media. TheStranger.com by Katie Herzog. Amanda Knox's freedom leaves family shackled by debt. NBC News. Amanda Knox. Yes, I asked supporters to donate to my wedding, but it's not a crown funder. The Daily Beast. Barbie Lotza. They do. Amanda Knox is asking for money for a wedding, but she's already married. The Daily Beast, again, Barbie Latza Nadu. The Average Cost of a Wedding by Feature and State, Value Penguin, Chris Moon, and Amanda Knox's Twitter. People.com, E! Online, Us Magazine. Everything you need to know about the Amanda Knox case by Ebba Dibdin for Marie Claire. What you would wear, what would you wear to Amanda Knox's space wedding by Sanjita Singh Kurtz in the cut. Bride cancels wedding after charging guests to attend by Christina O'Leary for Brides Magazine, Why Crowdfunding Your Wedding Is Not Okay by Rachel Torgerson and The Knot, BBC.com, Should I Crowdfund My Wedding by Salvador Brigman on CrowdCrux.com, Is Crowdfunding Your Wedding Ever Okay? Wedding Etiquette Has Their Say by Helen Pye on Hitched.com.